Here we go. Dafehe Amad Aleph, Mesvei, about 16 or 17 lines from the top of the page. Let's remind ourselves the discussion over here. We had a machlokas between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yechidon on the bottom of Pei Dalit Amud Beis. When you have a limb of a carbon Pesach, which we know the Torah says you're not allowed to break the bone. So when you have a limb of a carbon Pesach where you have enough meat on the bone to eat on one part of the bone, but it's less than a kezayis on a different side of the bone, the part of the bone that does not have a kezayis, <clears throat> am I allowed to break that part of the bone? And the reason why I may think it would be allowed is because previously we, de- we determined that the, the opinion amongst the Tanayim that the only time it's forbidden to break a bone is, can, is equal to being um, uh, achila, being capable of eating. And when something doesn't have a kezayis, when something doesn't have the size of an olive, it's not considered achila. So we have a machlokas, Rabbi Yechonan, Rishlakesh, Rishlakesh was of the opinion, and this is the question we're about to ask. Rishlakesh was of the opinion that if you have a bone, a limb, and one side has the kezayis, the other side does not, it is permitted to break the bone on the side that does not have a kezayis. Rishlakesh says it's permitted, Rabbi Yechonan said it's forbidden. We're going to ask a question on Rishlakesh. Meisvei, here we go. They asked a challenging question. Meisvei has a challenging question on Rishlakesh. Here's what happens. You have a, we know that the carbon Pesach was not allowed to be removed from Yerushalayim. Let's say I have the leg of the animal, the leg of the carbon Pesach, where part of it went outside of Yerushalayim. So what do you do? The part that left Yerushalayim is no longer fit to eat. So I got to separate that. So halacha is you cut off meat until you reach the etzem until you reach the bone. Okay? Now it seems from here you're not allowed to cut the bone. You remove the meat from the part of the bone that left Yerushalayim, but you don't actually break the bone. The kailif achmagila perak, and then you take off the klipa, the outer peel, the outer shell, until you reach the perak, until you reach the joint, and then you cut it. When you have a limb that does not have the size of a kezayis in one place, but it does have the size of a kezayis in another side of the limb, there's no prohibition to break the bone. Why do you say peel away the meat? Until you reach the kailif, until you reach the joint, and then cut off the bone, meaning you can't cut the bone itself. You have to reach the joint and then cut it. That's what it seems, which means the bone itself needs to remain intact. Why don't you just say, break the bone from the spot that the, the meat became disqualified? Why do I got to work my way up to the joint? According to you, Reish Lakish, who holds it's permitted to break the bone. Abai says, I'll tell you what. Maybe we could answer you to support Reish Lakish that really it would be allowed to break the bone in that spot. However, the reason why we're going to the joint is a recommendation because if you don't work your way up to the joint and you actually cut the bone in that spot, usually cuts don't go down so smooth. You can end up cracking the bone even on a place that's usser to cut it. So that, uh, that's why the recommendation is to, is to wait till all the way up by the joint. Ravina Omar, be coolest. We're dealing with the coolest as we discussed yesterday. 
The kulis has a lot of marrow inside. It's considered flesh. And therefore, you have the measurement of food inside the inside of, of food of marrow, which is edible, inside the bone. And that's why you're not allowed to, uh, to cut the bone because there is meat in there. Okay, so we wiggled out for a schluckish of that question. Here we go. Tan Hassan. We learned in a Mishnah later on in our Masechta. We're now going to go on a little bit of a different discussion. Until now, our discussion from Amud Beis was, what's the halacha about breaking a bone that does not have the proper measurement of meat? We spoke about a Mishnah that, that tells us a halacha about when part of the limb of a carbon Pesach leaves Yerushalayim, what the halachas are. And once we mention that halacha, we're going to continue... In, on that topic for a little bit. Here we go. Tanan Hasam. We learned in a Mishnah later on the Masechta. Pigol v'anoyser metamis ayadayim. And we quoted this earlier as well. Pigol, an animal that was shechted with the wrong intent, or tamei carbon, metamin es hayadayim. Midarab banan, rabbinically. If a person touches it, it's metamei one's hands as a sheni hatumma, the, the Rishayim say. Okay. Rav Huna, Rav Chista, Rav Huna and Rav Chista say, I'll tell you why you got to wash your hands. One says because of Ikshad amongst the Kahanim, because we have a suspicion. The other one says the reason why the guy need to wash the hand is because of there's, there may be lazy Kahanim. One of them, Okay, now we don't, we're not giving names yet, but we know that there's a machlaikas, why there's a, why we got, the Rabbana made a decree about washing the hands. One says it's because of Lezi Gahanim, one says because of Chshad, because of some suspicion, we'll explain in a moment. The other one says, also one of them says their halacha concerning the, concerning nicer, when you touch nicer, you have to wash your hands. <clears throat> and the other one says the halacha of washing the hands concerning pigle. Now, man demasni pigle, the one who said that you have to wash your hands when touching pickle? He's the one who says that there is a suspicion amongst the kaihan. Okay? Now, what is the suspicion amongst the kaihan? The suspicion is going to be Rashi kicks in for us now at this stage and says like this What happens if you have a kaihan that is not happy with the Yisrael? All right? <coughs> So, I'll tell you what he's going to do. You have a Yisrael that brings a $500 carbon. I'm the kind in the base on Mikdash, and I hear that Beryl Ben Yankel uh, needs a kapar, or wants to bring a shlom. I say, oh, Beryl Ben Yankel, oof, is a good way to get him back. Ah, that could cause my $500 loss. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take his carbon, and I'm going to have it mined for a carbon asham. The wrong carbon. I'll dafka have in mind the wrong the wrong uh, carbon, and this way, oh, after I'll be, I'll pretend like I made a mistake. Oh, I didn't mamish push it, didn't realize it. Yeah, and this way I got him back because I know the guy's uh, no good. Okay, so because there's a concern that you may have some kahanim that bear a grudge against Yisraelim, the Rabbana made a decree that if you ever touch pigle for the kahanim, you're going to be tummy. Your hands are going to be tummy. So it's not worth it anymore for the kahanim 
to, for the Kayan to go ahead and get back Yisrael, because if he would purposely do this, he himself is going gonna, is gonna to lose out by becoming Tama. The one who says because of Naisar is because of Atzilei Kahuna, okay? That maybe you can have a Kayan that's going to wait till the last minute to do his part of the job, or you'll have a, uh, it applies to actually anybody who's involved in the carbon. And therefore, if we add this, we'll call it a, a barrier to a nice start, people are going to say, oh, I better be extra careful not to leave things past its proper time, because if I do, then it's got, there's going to be tumah that kicks in, and his mom is not going to be kedai, so people aren't going to wait till the last possible moment. Man masni kezayis, one of them learns that you become Tomei when you touch the measurement of a kezayis, umar masni kebeitza, the other one holds you become Tomei when you touch the size of an egg, manda amar kezayis ki isurai, the one who says that you become Tomei when you touch the share of a kezayis, it's because he holds, that is the minimum amount to cause isur, umanda masni kebeitza, bitomazai, the other one who uses the size of an egg, it's because uh, the minimum measurement of Tumah is the size of a kibetz. Okay, that was a statement concerning um, that was a statement concerning Pigol and Nosar being metame the Yadayim. And again, we had a two reasons, call it a dispute, so it's not like anybody agrees with both reasons, but one reason holds that the reason why it's metame yadayim it makes the hands impure is because of people being lazy and waiting till the last minute so we have to create a barrier another one says that the problem is that there may be a kayan who doesn't like yisrael so therefore we're going to throw in some element of a personal loss this way the kayan will be careful period here we go let's discuss this now that's the shaila searching for information when you have a carbon that was not allowed to leave a set area. Is there Tumah? We know by no Saram Pigol, there's going to be automatic Tumah. What about when the carbon simply left the area that it was supposed to be in? Do we say by Naisar, where people might end up being lazy and... and uh, and letting things go, you know, to the edge of their time limit. That's where we make a But when something is taken out of its proper place where it belongs, So, there's no concern that people, why would somebody purposely take it out of its makom? It's a whole different svar, right? You're not going to say, oh, the guy was lazy, so he took it out of his makom. No, that's not the svara. If you hold the issue's laziness, taking it out of your place should not be a reason to bring Tumah Midrabana. Like Gazubar Tumah, the Rabbana would not have been Geyser Aidoma Laishna. Or maybe we'll talk and say that there is no difference. Maybe once the Rabbana, and here's the logic to focus on that once the Rabbana made a Gzaira, made a decree that when you mess up on a carbon by Nicer and Pigle, we're going to call Shani Atoma. That would now apply across the board for whatever reason. That's the shayla. Okay? So here we go. Emperor the Gemara Tashma, come and listen. Eber Shiotzim Mikdasai. When you have a limb where part of it left Yerushalayim, 
So you cut the meat until you reach the bone. This was our brisa. So what does it help when you cut the bone? The bottom line is, since part of the bone left Yerushalayim, do you ever find something that's partially tummy? Can you have one limb that's half tahar or half tummy? No. So as soon as the limb that left Yerushalayim is no longer fit, ready? If Tumma would kick in, there would be no purpose to cut off the meat up until a certain point. Why? So that you can eat the rest of the meat? No, you can't, because it's Tumma anyway. If it's Taka true that Tumma kicks in by Yaitzin. Okay, again, the Gemara had a Shaili. By the way, we have a Shaili. We know by no Saram Pigle. There's Tumma. The question was, what about when something leaves its borders? That was the Shiloh. Gamara says, yeah, I'll prove from here. What did we learn? When something, when a cover in Pesach of leg goes half in your spine, half out, cut the meat, and then you can eat the rest, it must be there's no tumah on the part that goes out. And when something leaves its place, there's no tumah that kicks in. And for the Gemara, no. No answer, no proof. You know why? Tumas storim he, because... You can have uh, a situation where Toma is starim. The word seser means hidden. Vitumas starim loy metamia. And a hidden Toma does not cause, uh, d- does not continue Toma. Okay? What this means is like this that when some, usually when something becomes Tame, so it's because something else touched it on the outside. It was noticeable. I'm Tomei. I touched that. That that can become Tomei. Okay? In such a case, you can't divide Toma. There's no such thing as dividing Toma and saying part of it is going to be Tomei and part of it will not be Tomei. However, over here, if you're going to say that half of the limb is Tomei, it won't since nothing on the outside touched it. Rather, why is it Tomei? Uh, uh, theoretically, okay, this is a theoretical tumma again, because remember, we have a shiloh whether this is tumma. But Lu Yitzur, were we to say that there would be tumma here, it's because of the limb that left Yerushalayim, it's not noticeable, and therefore, once you cut away the part that is noticeable, once you cut away the meat, all you're going to be left with is a different exposed area. And over there, we'll talk to say one part could be tummy, one part can be tar. Frech the Gemara, the Gemara says, Ularavina da Amar Chibur Yechen Lav Chibru, Kamadim Farti Dami. Ravina argues on this, this answer. And Ravina says that when things are, when things are attached, it's not automatically considered like it's touching tumma. Ma'ikolamemar, what are you gonna say? The bottom line is the two parts of the whatever else is touching this limb should automatically take on tuma even on the outside. So you wouldn't have an answer. Allah says the Gemara, the man demasti kazayas. What you have to this is how we're gonna explain it. According to one who says that the smallest amount of pigle is a kazayas, 
we'll say the reason why over here there's the part of the limb does not continue tumas. I'll say like this: the part of the limb that left Yerushalayim was less than the size of a kazayis. So it's puzzle. That itself is tummy, but it can't be metame something else. Umandamasti kabetsa, the less book kabetsa. I'll say the part that left Yerushalayim was smaller than the shear of a kabetsa. Period. Okay. Toshima, come and listen. Zok the Bryce. Hamaitzi besar pesach michabura lechabura. If somebody takes out meat of a carbon pesach from one chabura to another chabura, the halacha was, we know that the carbon pesach had to be eaten the whole group in one house. Okay, everybody had to stay inside, eat the carbon pesach in one house. What if somebody took their carbon pesach and they uh, walked it to their next door neighbor? Apapisha hubalaisa say, even though he did navera tohar. You're allowed to eat this meat. My love, tohar va'aser. I'm sorry. Tohar means it's, it's tohar. The Gemara says, does, does tohar mean that it's not tame, but you still shouldn't eat it? Okay, that's an assumption. Because it'll be the same like you took it outside Yerushalayim. The same way you can't bring a Pesach outside Yerushalayim, but time of eating, you can't move it from group to group. Umafsil should be possible. Afilo haki katani tar, and we're still using the word tar. Amo la gozer abanu betoma. Says the Gemara. No, what Talmud thought originally, right? I just uh, jumped one step ahead when I read the last step, and it says loy taru muter. Tar means it's taka permitted to eat. You did not vera. Listen, you took your meat from one house to another. Tar, okay. So I did not vera, but am I allowed to eat it? Yeah, muter. It's permitted to eat the yitzim yechabur lechabur lav kedzichot zechutzas v'damim because it's different when the carbon pesach leaves Yerushalayim. Uh, than when it goes from one house to another inside Yerushalayim, Belay Mifsil, and it's not going to be possible, says Gemara Voka Tani Seifa. But at the end of the Bryce, it says, If you eat it, it is a Laisase. Okay? So a Laisase, we're assuming, should automatically infer that it's usher to, to even eat it. It's a Laisase. Are you ever going to tell somebody? Eat it, and it's an Aver. No. Well, if it's a Lysa, I say, I shouldn't be allowed to eat it. And if it's not a Lysa, I say, I should be obligated to eat it, because otherwise it's going to become no sir. So the Gemara is asking, if it says you eat it, Hareza Belaysa, say, of course it means Tahar Be'asr. Why would you say Tahar Umutr, and you transgress a Lysa, say? That doesn't make any sense. Zok the Gemara. According to Mandi Amar, who says that things become tummy by the sh- by the size of an egg. Now keep in mind, what's the size of achila? A kezayis. A tuma is the size of a kebetza. So if so, according to when it says the issue is the size of an egg, so I'll say, oh, let's be kezayis, let's kebetza. We're dealing with what was moved from one house to another was the shear of a kezayis, but it wasn't a kebetza, and therefore, if you eat it, you're either a laisa say, but it's not tuma. Elamanda Amar Kazai is one who says that it's all the same measurement. Michael Nehemiah, what are you going to say? It says the Gemara, you're right. Ella biyaita bepesach loymi boilin legozra bana betuma. When something is taken out of its uh, area, out of its boundaries, as far as a carbon pesach, there is no tuma that's going to come on it. My time, why not? Bnei Chaburah's reason him because when people listen, pesach people are very careful. People are very very careful about pesach, specifically. You have a chabura, let's say, of 20 people. They're all joined together to bring one carbon. You think they're not going to be ultra careful to ensure that nothing goes wrong? 
And therefore, they're going to make sure everything is done. Mamish kehalacha. So why, where would I think that we need a gezeira de Rabbanon to bring Tuma? That is, that's by general Kachim that left, that left any sort of borders, any sort of boundaries. We know the Karpesa can't leave Yerushalayim. Well, there's other types of Kachim that aren't allowed to leave certain parts of the Beis Amikdash. So there we're asking, my, is there an automatic Tuma that kicks in on a general carbon? For leaving its border, says the Gemara, Teku, we must, well, Teku literally means let it stand. Um, but as the famous uh, acronym goes, Tishbi, Yitaritz, Kushis, Vabayas, this question is going to wait for Tishbi, Eliyahu, Yitaritz, the Yod is to answer, Kushis, questions, Vabayas, and our askings. Okay, so Teku means that this is the, this question about whether the Rabbonon made a Xerah on Kachim that leaves its borders is going to have to wait for Yohanavi to come and we will ask him this question. Okay. Says the Gemara. Umaytzi Besar Pesach. When a person takes out the Pesach meat, top of Amr Beis, Mechabura Lechabura, from one group eating to another group eating. Minayim. How do you know that it is Aser, the Tanya, because we don't have to Can't take any meat outside of your house. One second. In the yellow, mi bayis le bayis. minayim. What about, says the Gemara, if I have two groups, one upstairs on the main floor and one downstairs in the basement. Same house. What, what about that? Can you share carbon Pesach meat? Can I send up, oh, you got to taste, oh, the, the, this one was roasted gishmak. Let's send some upstairs to share. And they could, share, they could send downstairs. Tamar Lemar Chutz La'achilosoi you're not allowed to take it outside of the regular group of eating. And therefore, not only is it usher to take your carbon Pesach from location to location, it is even forbidden to take the meat of the carbon Pesach and allow it to be eaten by, um, by another person who's not part of this Chabur, even in the same location. Okay. Omar of Mar, Omar Ravami. Ravami says, four lines from the top of the page. A person who takes carbon pesach meat from one group to another. You're not chayev until you are yaniach, until you put it down. Okay? You put it down. If I'm, let's say I'm a part of an upstairs chabur, and I walk down to the basement, I'm holding my meat. Just because I entered their downstairs area or their room does not obligate me. I need to put it down kind of like and serve it to them, okay? Because as I saw on Shabbos, my Shabbos, just like in order to be obligated for carrying on Shabbos, that is considered movement. You have to lift it up and put it down. So too. Yeah, you need a lifting up and a placing down in front of members of 
the other Chabura, Moshe Rav Abba Barmamu, Rav Abba asked a challenging question on this halacha, that you need a Kirin Anoch, he says, what do you mean? We know that they would carry the, um, once the um, carbonos were, uh, were burnt, so they would, sh- they would schlep them on motos, motos are poles. So how would they walk carrying these large carcasses, burnt carcasses on the poles? So the first people would go in front outside the Azara. The other ones hadn't walked out yet of the Azara. Okay, they're still inside the Azara. Those who are in front, are metam, their begodim become tamei. I don't understand something, says Ravava Barmamo. It's still being carried. You have, one second, you have part of the carbon that's being carried by the people in front. They went chutzah, they went outside the proper place. Half the people are inside. Well, if it's half outside, half inside, it was never put down, and therefore there should never be any tumah. And that's a contradiction on what we're saying about the carbon Pesach, says the Gemara. What would be the simple answer over here? Okay, think of it simply, right? Maybe it's on a pole, but they're not carrying it far off the ground. He gave it, you know, like my father, would say, when I asked him a question, he would say, you tell me the answer. Yeah? You tell me. What do you, what, what do you think? Yeah? He asked the question, he thought of his own answer. He says, when they're dragging it. When it's being dragged on the floor, so it already has a hanacha, even on the half that was outside. The azara already has hanacha on the floor, and therefore the begotten of these people are going to be Tame. Period. Okay. Next mission. Here we go. Next mission is going to be a, a uh, extension, really, of what we said. Now, let's pretend like what I'm holding right here is um, a carbon Pesach. There's my carbon Pesach. Right? So... Um, this carbon Pesach is inside Yerushalayim. It's leaving Yerushalayim. All right. So now it's half in, half out. Right? Half in, half out. What did we say? We said cut off the meat of the part that's outside Yerushalayim because that's no longer fit to be eaten with your carbon Pesach. And this meat you eat. Okay? Now, we're assuming that the Karban Pesach was, had a Hanacha. It was placed outside the walls. What happens if I have my Karban Pesach and I'm still holding it inside Yerushalayim, but it is angled up in the air outside the walls of Yerushalayim? The part that's in the air space of outside Yerushalayim, what do we do with that? Okay, is that now usher? So Zakta Mishnah, we have a limb of a carbon pesach, where part of it left leaves Yushalayim, So you need to cut it until you, until the bone. Okay, meaning you cut off the meat that left Yushalayim, the kailefach perek, the chaitech, and and uh, you cut off. What about other carbonas besides for a carbon pesach? Cut it off with the bone. Okay, you know you take a sharp knife. A big a saw, whatever, an axe, break the bone. 
because the only prohibition of breaking bones is specific, is unique to a carbon Pesach, like we learned, uh, like we learned a few days ago. It says by a carbon Pesach, the etzem lo shish berubo. You're not allowed to break a bone in it. Only by a carbon Pesach. By other carbonists that leave their area, you break it off with the bone. Kaifet b'kaifet she'im by Mishnah Shvir. There's no transgression. Okay? Min ha'agaf l'fnim k'l'fnim. From the um, the agaf, the agaf is I'm going to translate it as hinges of the door is considered to be is considered inside. It's not considered outside, and therefore it's not aser. Windows and the width of the walls are also considered inside, right? So, listen, it's not Baruch Hashem. We have the merit, unfortunately, not to have, uh, we don't have uh, Mashiach back, but we have the merit, even while we're in Golos, to be able to visit Yerushalayim and to be aware of what the walls of Yerushalayim look like. And they're very wide, very wide walls. So, what happens? If the limb was taken outside the walls of Yerushalayim, says the Mishnah, the part that are still within the width of the walls is still fine. It's only an issue, the part that extends to outside the walls. Amr Vira Marav says the Gabar. Vira says the name of Rav Achain Litfila. The same thing is true when joining a minion for davening from the hinge of the door and inside is called in the same area and to the outside is called outside. Okay, so you're no longer part of the minion. He says, even if you have walls, if you're anywhere, um, if you're anywhere uh, near, even in a totally different room, you could still join with a minion. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? This is the question. You say from the hinge of the door is considered the inside. It seems the hinge itself is considered the outside. But then we said, It seems that the agaf itself is like the inside. How do you view the actual, uh, the actual uh, hinge area? Says the Gemara, Kasha, Kambishari, Azara. Here we're dealing with the the uh, Shari Azara. The Shari Azara, the, listen, it, you know, um, you, you have certain, here, let me show you over here. So I'll just give you an example of the doors of the shul, okay? Um, when you look at the door of the base medrash here, so the doorway, the, right, this is the inside. The doors start outside the room. You have the inside and the hinges are towards the outside. You see that? Some, some doors are towards the outside. The room ends right over here. And now the door starts. So depending on how the, where the hinges and doors are placed, that'll determine whether the hinges are considered inside the room or outside. So Kan Bishari Azara, Kan Bishare Yerushalayim. The doorway of the Azara was towards the inside and therefore it's counted. Where it's considered towards the outside. Why are the gates of Yerushalayim not considered Kadosh? Okay? Because the Mitzayraim who needed to leave the camp, 
they, were act, they would actually take protection from the elements underneath these doors, even though they had to be outside the camp. Well, if they're allowed to take protection underneath these big close, you know, uh, doors that would close to protect them from wind, the chreis, whatever it was, so you see that it's towards the outside. From the sun, from the rain. Why were the, the famous gates of Niknar not considered Kaddish? Would stand there and when they would become, when they would need to become Kaddish. They weren't allowed in the area, right? So they would still, it would still be Tameh, but they would put their thumbs. Over there, part of the process of Mitzrayim becoming uh, Tahar, being Mitzrayim, is that they would uh, they would put blood from their carbonis onto their thumbs. Well, why were they allowed to insert their thumbs into that area of their tummy? It must be that those types of gates and doors are considered towards the outside, and uh, and hence the Mitzrayim was permitted to uh, was permitted to go in there. Okay. Here we go. Let's get to tomorrow's daf. Let's just wrap up this. We'll start tomorrow's discussion. The Mishnah said, The windows and the thickness of the walls are considered inside Yerushalayim. Mama Rav. Rav says, It is. Any second floor area, any elevated area, is not, does not have the Kedusha of Yerushalayim. So, the Karban Pesach was not allowed to be eaten on a second floor apartment. If the Karban Pesach needs to be eaten inside Yerushalayim, and it needs to be eaten, it's Kachim Kalim, needs to be eaten in a set area, you can't eat it too high up. That's Rav's opinion. Says Gmarini, is that true? Rav himself says the name of Bechia, Kezesa Pischa Vahalela. When you have a kezayis of Pesach, the Hallel, and the singing of Hallel, Paka Igra. Paka Igra is just an expression when he was talking about what it looked like by the carbon Pesach. He said the guy screamed so loud the windows cracked, right? Yeah, the, the glass shed, right? It says that they would, uh, the, the, from the sounds, the ceilings of Yerushalayim would break open. That was his expression. Now, what are we assuming from this expression? Top of tomorrow's daf. My love, the achli be'igra, v'ami be'igra. Doesn't it mean, listen, if he's using this expression and he's including roofs, we would infer that they, you know, maybe they would have a rooftop uh, carbon Pesach parties. And because of the sounds of the singing of the Yidin, tomorrow says like, no. What happened was they would eat Karban Pesach lower down and maybe they sang Halal higher up. This way the sounds of Halal would spread. Yeah, like people sing from Sukkah to Sukkah. Right? Says more, it's not true. But not, we learned in the Mishnah. Once you eat the Afikaiman, you're not allowed to be Maftir. Okay? You, uh, you, you don't eat anymore. It also means that you can't go from one, one Chabura to another Chabura even after you finish your um, carbon Pesach. So why were they allowed to go up to the roof? While you're eating carbon Pesach, you weren't allowed to leave. You have to stay in your spot. But once you're finished, 
you finished your Shulchan Eirech, your Afi Kaiman, you ate your Karban Pesach, now what do you end off this Pesach Seder with? Halal and Yerza. Once they got the Halal and Yerza, they were permitted to go up to their roofs because, to recite Halal because they were no longer eating. Period. We'll hold it here. We're up to Tashima on Pevav, Amad Aleph, and Bezrem tomorrow. We will continue on this very fascinating discussion about whether elevated spaces of Yerushalayim were con- was considered like Yerushalayim itself. All right, have a wonderful, wonderful day.